Because <laughs> we've lost all of our listeners yeah. after the last no, they, they only, everyone who listens to Pursuing Pistols listens to one episode, one episode and they never come back. So it's just a, just a, and then they go back to welcome. episode one and they say, oh God. And they go, man, these guys suck. <laughs> what are they trying to tell me about Rocket League? I already played that game. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 35, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. DJ Mandolini. Yo. And John Hines. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing tonight? Wonderful. Great. Great. Forgot, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were talking to us. Or I, like think, I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking to everybody, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but I Email think, us. Uh, I think we're back after like a short holiday episode that we put out last week. Maybe it'll be next week, but I think it'll be last week. Yes. But uh, <laughs> maybe we'll put it out again. Yeah. Happy yeah, holidays is basically what we're getting at here at Pursuing Pixels. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're we're back to talk about some more video games, uh, as always. And uh, I think we can uh, kick things off with John and DJ. And I played a little bit of this game myself as well. We all picked this up for a buck on the eShop. You picked you, it up first, although it's uh, it's and only you played the least. <laughs> very true. Very true. But it's only four dollars normally uh normal price so i think even a steal even from the little bit i played at this price and the little bit i've watched you guys play but you're essentially controlling it's a puzzle game um that's kind of like a not too dissimilar i mean it's definitely way different from baba's you but you got like a similar perspective but yeah you you take it away it's a a 2d game you got these two square characters (laughs) one yellow square his name's Bleep. The other, <laughs> the other red square's name's Bloop. Okay. Are we sure that that one's Bleep and that the other one's Bloop? I'm making the That's, call right I think now. That okay. seems right. That seems right to me. Yeah. Uh, so you control Bleep with the left stick. You control Bloop with the right stick, and you're just moving them in up, down, left, right directions, and like in you're just in these levels where you're trying to get them into particular locations on the screen, and you are usually like using the other to position one in the correct. Yeah. And I guess we should mention, like, I know I I made the comparison to Baba as you, but this is like kind of similar to a a cyber protocol that we talked about in the past. Again, very different, but you're like, when you're hitting uh, left or right or up or down, you're going all the way until you hit an obstacle or until you hit a wall. So like DJ said, you're going to have to like kind of position the yellow character in a way where then you can use that as a blocker for the red character so that you can enter this like kind of portal that ends the level or it's not a portal, but whatever. It's like, yeah, a little space, which is usually side by side. Um, But it looked like some of the later levels you guys were playing kind of spread those out a little bit. It wasn't as as similar. But even in the little like the I've only played a little bit of the first world, but even like the the puzzle variety in that first world, like they weren't throwing any new mechanics in. But like every every time I solved the puzzle, I felt like I was like, ooh, that was clever, like almost every time. And I don't know if that continues throughout the course of the whole game. But were you guys feeling that? that feeling going throughout i mean was that your driving yeah how'd you feel john no yeah i so a, a thing that like i came to really appreciate about the game was the fact that there is basically other than the title screen there are no words in the game it doesn't communicate anything other than by putting you on a screen and letting you move okay like 
So much so that I, when I initially played, I was not even sure that there was a level progression or that there was a hub world that I was just thinking that the like levels were procedurally generated Ugh. and that every once in a while I would just be like, I would accidentally like replay the same level again. I was like, oh, I guess I got this one in the randomness roll again, not realizing that like, oh, it was a hub. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a little confusing because, yeah, that hub world will have like multiple of these like portals or these tiles. And it's like each one of those leads to a new level. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing every time I was going back to that hub world, kind of like Baba's you. I was thinking like, oh, this is like going to be a new tweak on that mechanic that I did the first time, but then realize, OK, no, I'm just going to these different highlighted areas to access a new level yeah and i had actually made it to the second world still thinking that like everything is <laughs> random like just occasionally replaying levels by accidentally like going back into them and like not realizing that i was actively selecting them so like i do think that that could be a little bit clearer or like that there could at least be a like a number on each of like the levels because usually in the hub world there is Uh, Once you unlock like the second world or second, whatever you call them, like you would uh, you can go into that portal like at any time. So you can go back to the first hub world and then move into the second like when those there is no like delineation between which one will move you to the next hub world and which one will just move you to a next level like those warp tiles look exactly the same yeah it's not like oh this the the yellow ones are the take you to the new world it's like they're always kind of like a bluish color if i'm not mistaken and it changes based on what the world is but yeah like they're they are the same like they look the same Um, like there are once you complete a level like it will turn into like a little like uh like grayed out kind of color scheme and like that's the only way that like you can differentiate uh between which ones you've completed and which ones you haven't but even what like once like dj and kevin like you explained to me that like no there are like actual set levels and it's not just randomly generated that's when i was able to go back into them and start like actually visualizing and be like okay yes this i that is very clear it was clear to you guys it wasn't clear to me i wouldn't say it was clear instantly like i said i i definitely thought i was like replaying levels with tweaked mechanics Mm -hmm. but uh i'm i am kind of curious though that you like were having the the or kind of speculating that it was procedurally generated because I I did every time I played a level and again I've only played maybe five or ten but I felt like probably not even ten but uh, like it felt like everyone was like a well-crafted puzzle like I was like there's no way this could it felt like a a a specific set of solutions you know it didn't feel like that was more so within the first world like because gotcha those ones like you know they're the only mechanics are the placement of it's just moving around yeah it's yeah yeah and like the second world introduces these little like bubble gum yeah they're like bubble gum and then so it's cool like when you you're when you're if you cross over that bubble gum spot with a character that bubble gum tile that character will stop but then also there will be a, a like a bubblegum splatter that is like to the above, below and left and right of your character, which then if you move with the other character, they'll get caught not only or they'll obviously stop if they run into your character, but they'll also get caught in like that bubble splatter. OK, so you can like again, it's it's all about positioning. It's I mean, this game is all about positioning. Yeah. yeah. And it's very those are the kind of puzzles that are usually very hard for me to like visualize so i feel like a lot of times it was kind of 
meandering around until I got to a point where I was just like, okay, from here I can solve this, but mm-hmm. I I could never go into a level I felt like and be like, okay, I know how to solve this. It's I like kinda, you have to wait till you get one of the pieces in a place where like it it lets you visualize the level differently, and you're like, yeah. oh, if I have the blocker here, I can get down that like that little one tile gap that I otherwise wouldn't be able to access. But yeah, sometimes it just takes like sort of stumbling into that solution a little bit. Um, But again, I I think these are really like crafty and clever puzzle designs from the little bit I played and the little bit I watched of you guys play. I will, I will say like, I think the, there, there are four worlds in it and each of them like has a different mechanic. I think it was five. Yeah. If you include the, the intro blue one. Yeah. There's five blue, red, green, purple, black. What was purples? That was the one where. Oh my god! Yeah, Yeah, that's the hardest (laughs) one. one. So how does that mechanic work? Okay, so blue—it's just walls. Uh, Red is that bubblegum mechanic. Green introduces switches, which once you move over a switch, it will like either turn walls on or off. Yeah. And sometimes two different colors. Like it would be like there's like a lighter like teal wall and then like a darker colored wall. So like you're opening one wall but you're closing off another one yeah absolutely like with the purple one there were groups of blocks that would move in the same direction like there were red blocks and then there were yellow blocks and they would move at the same time at the same distance that your character would move oh geez so the yellow blocks would move with bleep the red blocks oh, would move with blue. oh boy uh, the the very first Ooh. level when you're doing that like the first character that like the first couple moves that you make like the blocks are also blocked by the walls so you don't see them move they can't move and then like after you make a couple moves then they're free to move and like dj was there for the dawning reel like that <laughs> washing over me and just like the dread in my voice and going like Glee. i can't believe i have to do a world of these puzzles but it's that one was the hardest one i think to visualize yeah just because there's so many variables it felt like yeah i think with the the final one which uh i uh, i I actually really do love the fact that there is no communication other than just like the mechanics, like that there's no explanation, that there's no words, because the moment in the last world, when I figured out like there were these uh, like you would generate uh, like a column in a row, kind of like in Crossneak, where like, you know, you're the center and then there it's these squares coming from both sides of you and like the realization of what like triggered that like was a really satisfying moment for me and i was like i kind of don't want to spoil it because i think it's i i don't know if you know it was watching you the first time i'd seen anything of that world and i don't know if had i not watched you like how long that would have taken me to figure out yeah but I, I loved that it was just or even that those blocks would have happened right i mean like i i would have just approached it maybe just like okay well i can just move these but like yeah but no i th- i think it's a really interesting game like in addition to it just being a really well crafted puzzle game and i think a really interesting puzzle game with a lot of different mechanics like i think it's also a really good testament to game design without like cuz i think it's an international uh uh game studio that made it um and like i think it's a really impressive testament on like 
how you can create a game that kind of transcends language or transcends like explanation just like by having a simple enough mechanic that you can kind of figure it out just by like stumbling into it. Yeah. And a a separate point, but kind of not to keep going back to Bob as you, but this is another game that like you can easily not be the one holding the controller and be contributing just as much to like, oh, try this or oh, try that. Like we were all before we had a movie night the other night, we were kind of John was playing and actually uh, our buddy Glenn, uh, his girlfriend Becky was playing. uh, And yeah, we were just like, yeah, we were just kind of passing the controller around to everybody. And it was it was a lot of fun just to kind of watch and like like Becky was hooked. It seemed like she was like dying to play more of that game. So yeah. Uh, and everybody that was playing seemed hooked. So, and uh, I, I think they both play video games, Glenn and Becky a little bit, but definitely yeah. not as often as we do. So like the fact that this kind of captivated them that quickly, um, I think is a testament to the, the solid game design. Yeah. And, and again, uh, to bring this up lastly, um or maybe not lastly but uh i think the soundtrack is kind of interesting like it's uh it's a really like mellow chill soundtrack at least from the beginning stages of the levels i played but like with uh with some like really like ambient like distorted reverbed out guitars and yeah. stuff that you don't typically hear in this kind of music or in this kind of game um i really appreciated it i thought it was really nice i remember the in the purple level like because DJ and I were doing like kind of a co- uh, couch co-op where we're like, you know, he was throwing me ideas and I was seeing if they'd work. And like, well, there would just be levels where we'd be stuck on and we're like so frustrated and mad at the level. And like there would be a moment of silence and I was like, fuck, but the soundtrack is really good. I'm so <laughs> mad at how much I like this song right now. Yeah, well, I think Prince did the soundtrack for the purple levels. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah, that was uh-huh. horrible yeah uh, next game <laughs> they aren't you know the guitars do have a little bit of a princey <laughs> vibe though i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that um but yeah i think we can uh, i think we can move on to the next game from there but definitely a recommended puzzle game uh again it's got to be something that you're into playing these uh kind of single player puzzle games but if you're into them i definitely think and i for what it's worth randall i think this would be up your alley for sure so oh yeah glad i bought it for a buck that's for oh, sure you sco- i forgot nice. you scooped it up yeah i scooped so I, me it and you, me and you have to uh put a little time into this at some point and yeah. if uh we have any differing opinions maybe we'll follow up on it in the future but uh yeah for now i know randall will throw the ball in your court and i know you've been playing some uh steam world quest yeah and i shouldn't say some it seems <laughs> it seems like you've been playing quite a bit so. i was hoping for a prince theme transition there <laughs> Yeah, maybe what, i'll splice purple, it in uh what are those the mechanics of the purple twins oh yeah so actually that's where i stopped playing is the uh, oh, twins. perfect um so i not yeah so i played a, at least like five hours of this game i got pretty sucked in over the last two or three weeks uh just because <clears throat> previously i played a ton of slay the spire uh really liked that and like oh hey there's another kind of card based game let's just jump right in this i had already bought it previously i'd actually bought it physically so i'm like yeah this is finally the time to pop this in um it's uh in the long line of steam world games along with steam world dig and dig 2 and all those other uh heist uh but this is steam world quest hand of gilgamesh by image and form uh came out earlier this year uh and i'll say uh i i like I like the card-based mechanics. Um, I don't think I like it quite as much as I like something like Slay the Spire that's a little bit more straightforward. Um, the difference is, it, this type of game, you're controlling a character that's kind of moving around um, in this environment. There's these... 
I will say very pretty, like hand-drawn art vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, these like very small level areas that you're kind of going between. And there's this overall map screen that shows you, you can either kind of go up or down here and kind of, uh, you're, you're looking for treasure and you're, you're fighting characters, uh, in these card battles so that you can gain experience. Uh, maybe you gain a new card. Um, you kind of figure out what strategies you might have with the current three characters that you have that are making up your deck. So your deck of cards that you're battling with is always 24 cards max, which is a, a purposeful constraint that they made. But I, I kind of felt myself kind of running up against it a lot. Um, yeah. It kind of was frustrating to me. You, you felt the same way, John? Yeah, that was actually a, a thing that like I was kind of convinced myself like is like oh yeah that that's probably just like starting off the game you're gonna have yeah. like, this really small deck and then like as more and more characters like got introduced more and, more, and cards. more and more cards got introduced <laughs> i was like man i'm really not gonna have any more cards than this am i right and like i i kind of liked it because it did make you kind of commit to a certain play style per character yeah but like at the same time i didn't feel like i had a lot of opportunities to experiment within yeah. those characters Agreed. and like you know they have like there's the warrior character the mage character the healer yep um and then kind of like a, a thief ninja and later on you get uh like the i don't know tank or like really hard hitting like bruiser characters yeah and like those are I, I, they each add their own level of complexity and I liked being able to swap that those individual characters in. Yeah. But every time that I would get a new card, I was like, is this like a card that I'm actually going to use? Yeah. Or am I just going to just never use this one and not bother upgrading it? And I, I, I liked the, it was a little bit more streamlined in terms of it being, you know, sort of more focused and simplified in that respect. Right. But at the same time, I was like, man, I, I kind of just want this massive deck where I'm at the mercy of randomness. That Me too. That's what I like well, about I, yeah. Slay the Spire. I was just going to say, yeah, I love that. Like, like John was just talking about like experimenting and like kind of being like, okay, I got to p- like picking your play style, but like Slay the Spire almost allows you to do that each run that you play. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm getting a lot of poison cards, so I'm going to kind of stack that or, yep. well, well, we're going to talk a little more about Slay the Spire later, so we won't get too <laughs> into that. But like, I, I think at least for me, from what you're saying, like I, I, I do like the concept of like putting that into a little more of like a campaign and having, and I like this kind of, I, I'm not crazy about the art style personally. That's actually one of the things that kind of puts me off of the steam world games. I, I, something about them. I don't love, I like steam world dig too. Like I like the kind of neon Mm -hmm. bright colors of that. Even I mean, it's in the cave, so it's dark, but something about like steam world quest, and SteamWorld Heist in particular, I, I just something about I just I'm not too keen on the art style. That's what the one hurdle I've never been able to get over for like buying those games because mechanically they seem super interesting. But and that's yeah. fair. And I actually on that same point, I will say I'm not a very big fan of the main character Armelie's style. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't it, it kind of reminds me if you guys have ever seen Return to Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or robots. <laughs> yeah. It kind of that are no, like, like kind of a like a scarecrow that like never shows any like emotion in its face. Like I just and, don't. I don't know. It never clicks with like, me. And and just in general, like this is a role playing type of game, but they're talking a lot. But I never felt like there was a lot of character development really happening. They're just kind of yeah. quipping the whole time. 
And and do you have to have this character in your party, this main character? Can you swap that person out? Or is it like Paper Mario? Like, you have to have Mario, and then you can swap out your sidekicks. It doesn't have to be a character you're using in battle, but the character would still be there for all kind of like the... The little controlling on the overworld and stuff. Or well, whatever. no, you can even change that too with the shoulder. Oh, buttons. cool. Um, but when you when you get any to the 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 cutscenes or story the, stuff, yeah, like anytime like where there. there's like oh let's stop and chat and like move the story along, like that character is going to be involved and generally pretty heavily involved. And I just gotcha. I don't know, I never really liked that character that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I i used them a lot because i really liked the way that they controlled but like yeah they, they were easily my least favorite of like the ensemble yeah yeah because i like the frog character i like the mage character quite a bit mm-hmm. both of them um, i super liked the the thief ninja character yeah and and, oh, and yeah, again all awesome the- uh, and you, you guys said all these cards or all these characters are like giving you different cards that you can incorporate into your deck or different abilities or what's the what's the advantage of gameplay wise, at least uh, having different characters in your party? Uh, well, yeah, they, they, they do they, play super differently, like uh, the mage character is, is all magic based and um, you can, unfor- like the other thing I didn't quite mention is so you've got three main characters you're battling with and each of them can only have eight cards that they're putting towards your 24 card deck period. Like it's a hard cap. Um, so for instance, the mage can play different types of magic, uh, related cards, either like a lightning attack or like a, like blizzard or like frost attack or a fire based attack. Um, which is cool. But I, as I was playing the game, I'm like, oh yeah, I now know that this enemy is weak to this type of magic, but that involves me even being more like ticky tacky in this kind of deck management meta aspect of this game, which I'm not finding as fun as I think I should be for whatever reason. Sorry, are you feeling like you're kind of hitting a wall here with the with the game? Like, are you are you kind of like, ah, I'll, I'll save this for later, or I'm not planning on coming back, or where are you at? Save it for later. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I was kind of at. I actually liked the section that I was in, but then I got to a point where like, Oh, here's another set of characters with their own deck and you can choose to use them or not. And I'm like, I'm having a a good time. I'm not having a great time. And I kind of wanted to play, you know, King of cards or whatever. So let me, uh, let me put this pause. (laughs) Let me pause this game for now. And you know, I'll come back later on and and see it through. And it it sometimes is kind of hard. Pardon me. It is sometimes kind of difficult to bounce from like one game, like we were talking about slay the spire and then to go to another game that's so similar. And again, I'm sure there's tons of differences, but but just to go from like kind of a similar style, like I sometimes feel like that's what I want to play next. Like, oh, man, I'm loving this card battle system. I want to play more card battle games. But then like you're so in tune with what you're doing in Slay the Spire. or You're so in tune with a different game. You know, the only the only genre I can kind of just keep playing constantly are platformers because yeah. um, it's just that just feels so expressive and like fun to control to me. But if it's like a mechanics driven game, I tend to like. I think I want to play more of the same, but I usually end up liking to kind of bounce around and like get a little palate cleanse from one genre to the next. Um, so maybe that's part of it too, is like the disconnect between that and st- or like just the differences between those two games. Yeah. Yeah. And another difference that I, I keep picking on this game, but like another difference <laughs> compared to slay the spire is, uh, especially as you get more kind of advanced, complex cards in SteamWorld Quest, there's like there's certain cards where you can't see the full effect of what it's doing at a glance. 
you have to like hit minus to zoom in to see, oh, it has this effect at this percentage and this at this percentage. And oh, yeah, it'll also combine with this other character's attack to make kind of a cool combo thing, which is cool. But like, I don't know, I like Slay the Spire. I can just see at a glance like, OK, it does this and this. Let's go. Does this. Let's yeah. go. Or like as soon as you click on a card, like if you're going to do 25 percent extra damage, like as soon as you highlight that card. Yep and select the character that you would do more damage to it like that number then shows up in green and yes. goes up on the card itself yes. which is a really nice touch yes um one, one thing i did want to say is that i think that uh i've seen this game kind of used as an introduction to card games and i've heard that, that as well yeah and i think that it does that as a, a really well i think that like especially like in the first like level or two like it is kind for someone who has played like multiple card games it is kind of a slog but like i the way that they were just slowly introducing like this is how this functions this is how this functions and like by the time that you are getting you know five characters that control completely differently like it's introduced them slowly enough that you can actually like incorporate those different like complex things into like systems pretty seasonally yeah that's fair but like, yeah, I, I remember like, I think it would be, I haven't played this game actually since I played Slay the Spire and I would be interested to see going like what I think of it going from Slay the Spire into SteamWorld Quest. Cause yeah. I kind of went from it being like, oh man, I have not played a good card game in like years. Oh yeah. And so like, it was really scratching an itch for me when I first started playing it and like, I still haven't beaten it, but I've, I've gotten a little bit further than you but not too much okay and i was really enjoying it by the time that like you know i moved on to a different game but yeah it, that definitely was like a thing at the very beginning where i was like man this is the the babiest of baby for card games but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that it's doing it because i did see like a lot of people who are like oh this is like my first card game that i've ever like played yeah. in terms of an rpg and they're That's really getting their, they're hooked into it a lot of yeah, them can be I, very intimidating. That's a good oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, because once you get into the full swing of, like, SteamWorld Quest, like, it is just as, like, nuanced and complicated yeah. as any other one. But, like, yep. it does a really good job of just, like, having a very basic, you know, it starts just with the two characters, like the warrior and the mage. And, yep. like, yeah. slowly introducing new characters beyond that. Yep. And I, I really appreciate just that uh, the team is not just stuck to like, oh, we're just going to make more 2D platformers right. like, you know, SteamWorld Dig was kind of just like a pretty basic like loot based, you know, dig deep into the mines and get a bunch of stuff. And then that SteamWorld Dig 2, it seems like they kind of fleshed out. But I think they did Heist in between mm -hmm. um, that. And I think there was even another game before SteamWorld Dig. I don't know why I'm thinking that right now, but I thought there was a game just called like SteamWorld or something. But I, I could be very wrong about that. <laughs> but but yeah, I just I just appreciate when a team is like not just stuck in their ways and they're they're kind of branching out. And I do think it's cool that they're even though I'm not huge on the art style, I do think it's cool that they're kind of continuing to set games in the same universe. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I always appreciate that. You were thinking of um, SteamWorld Tower Defense, which was a DSI game. Apparently, yes. Kevin. Whoa. Yes. Good. <laughs> quick. Randall always with the quick research. I love it. I love you keep it. me on my toes, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> were you familiar with that game before or was that you just looked it up just now? I looked it up just now, but I think I do remember like that's back of the brain with the cobwebs type of thing. That's like. that's where I was pulling it out of. So I'm glad to have it verified because I feel like I say things on this podcast all the time where I'm like, oh, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> so we'll look it up later. 
but uh <laughs> but i think our, our you two feel pretty good to wrap that up there with uh steamroll quest mm-hmm. yeah I, I was i was hitting on it a little harder than i thought i was going to it's a game that i will come back to and like like i said there are aspects of it like finding treasure in the levels and at the end it tells you your treasure percentage and it it puts you in different areas so it's not always looking the same and i do like the art especially the background art and and those things so it w- it is a game that i definitely will come back to at some point it it was just i was at a point where i was done with it for a little while but i'll be back yeah and and i'm with you for what it's worth too i think i do like the backgrounds i think it's the character design that kind of puts me off a little sure. with uh with the games in this series but yeah. but yeah it is definitely a well crafted you know world or whatever yeah but uh, but yeah, I think uh, we can move on to a couple games that DJ and I were playing kind of one game we were playing co-op, like kind of hot seating and just passing the controller back and forth. It's technically a, a single player game. And I guess we'll just start with that game. Uh, we were playing some cluster truck. I was kind of br- bouncing around on my Xbox Game Pass, which I mentioned uh, last week. And this is like a, a arcadey, like first person 3D platformer, yeah, I guess. That's... It's not too dissimilar from like we talked about Raised on the podcast uh okay. and and it, like kind of like like essentially you're just like you're you're a character you're assume presumably a person and you're just running and you have a you have a sprint mechanic uh or a like sprint button that you can hold down and you're running on the tops of trucks uh that are usually driving forward but sometimes at like later levels we were getting to like some trucks are coming towards you or they're like making a bend around the corner and you you basically you can't touch the ground and you just have to jump from truck to truck and get to the end goal of the level and it's a, it's pretty straightforward there's not much to this game um there so are some like though. it's really addicting and it, it just has that like high score chasing and it, again it's not technically a co-op game but it is like the perfect game for like passing the controller back and forth either like you beat a level or like we did have a couple times like okay i've died like 20 times in a row on this level like you give it a try um but yeah just like a, a ton of fun and like for me like exactly what i was hoping to get out of my game pass subscription like something i probably wouldn't spend money on uh but just something i can kind of dip into when i feel like it oh i got some friends over let's play some cluster truck um and it does seem like they've added some like dlc stuff over the years like it seems like there's four or five worlds of levels and then there's like some kind of christmas or holiday themed level uh or like set world i should say with a set of like eight or ten levels um and there there was some other themed dlc thing too um but yeah, I'm getting like kind of the same rush that I get out of something like Race the Sun that we talked about. I, I would say Race the Sun is like a, a little more polished than this game, but it has like mostly similar yeah, it's, visuals. Yeah, almost. similar visuals. Like it's a pretty minimalistic style. And again, that like you're just able to sprint. And actually, you were able to get like we unlocked like a double jump. It's kind of like same thing in yeah, Race the Sun. Like you get like those get. abilities that you can spend and you can have like a I think dash. only one equipped at a yeah. time, maybe two. There were like two different categories. I don't think we unlocked anything, uh, but only one at a time. Like we were like, oh, we have double jump and we got a midair dash and we were super pumped. But you can only pick one or the other. Um, yeah, it seemed like it was going to get like really like how are we how, how are we, we not, not? going to beat yeah. these levels? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the double jump feels great, but it does feel a little cheap. But uh, but we were able to do some like kind of crazy stuff on like some of the, of the later jump. levels. Yeah, and because of the double jump, but like there's like some of these levels. Like at the very beginning, you're kind of like in a desert and you're just like jumping from truck to truck. There might be a turn. The... There might be some cars coming at you, or sometimes they'll crash into a wall. You have to be on like the right truck. 
Uh, but as we got later, like I think it was like a snow kind of world yeah, or something. Multiple planes like below or yeah. Yeah. So you're like jumping starts. off like not a ramp per se, but like there's there's a cliff or an, a ledge and you have to jump and like you're you have to steer through these like spinning, rotating like. I don't know, just gears ice, or yeah, gears or something. They kind of look like. But you, we were able to kind of like take some shortcuts, like almost like you would do in like Rainbow Road on like Mario Kart, where oh, you can yeah. like jump off the side and like skip half the level. Like it was kind of like that. Like, oh, we can bypass this whole like middle tier of the level and like get to the lower tier and then do like the double jump at just the right time to land on the trucks on the very bottom level. That's um, cool. There were. Yeah, it was it was sweet. Like those were some of the most fun moments we had, at least for me. Um, I will say there was like a couple levels, very few and far between, but there were a couple that it felt like you kind of had to wait out the scenario. Yeah. Like you kind of had to stay put on top of a truck for a while and like let like if you went too fast, you would just get to the truck like at the front of the pack or something and like or all of these trucks like kind of turn the wrong way and go off the cliff and like you just kind of have to wait it out. But um, that was that was kind of few and far between, and I would say For most of the, the levels encourage like you feel like you speed, speed running, yeah. yeah, just like hold the sprint button the whole time, yeah. And they give you it has a really nice like you know first person platforming can be a little awkward at yeah. least for me um i don't play a lot of first person games as it is but especially when you're like trying to land these precise jumps but uh it feels pretty good like you know you can and you can use the right stick to kind of control your camera aim or your, your the, the direction you're looking in uh but yeah this game's just a lot of fun like a nothing special but it's just like a really good solid arcade game especially to just be able to play on my Game Pass subscription without spending any extra money. Heck yeah. You're getting a lot of value out of that, man. I know. I haven't played a ton of stuff yet, but I've, I've downloaded a ton, and I'm excited to kind of dip around. I mean, I did play a little ukulele. I, I bounced Ooh. around and played a ton of stuff. I wasn't super into ukulele, but I, I do want to give it another try because it still looks beautiful to that me. That first level yeah, is pretty decent. In ukulele? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't too into it. <laughs> I, got, it didn't grab me, me but I, it. it was just too much. It was like... I'll be it felt like it was sticking too truly to the banjo kazooie formula. Like it was like I felt like I was just playing the exact game. Yeah, like that's that's what it was kickstarted to be. Format and everything. I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just a little. It was just a little less than I wanted it to be because sure. I'm always like I hear like kind of middling reviews about that game, and then I see a trailer or some screenshots. I'm like, this game still looks awesome to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. But. Yeah, it didn't it didn't quite grab me like new Super Lucky's tail did when we sure. played that demo. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But anyways, back to Cluster Truck briefly. I mean, I think this is just like a perfect game, whether you're somebody who likes kind of perfect. That's a little bit of an overstatement, but it's the perfect. Game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a great game, game for like that year 2020, that single player, like high score chasing kind of thing. But it's also I, I, I thought it was even better suited for passing the controller around. Yeah, I thought that I, was super fun. It would have been way too easy to burn out and like we yeah. wouldn't have enjoyed the same amount of highs. Well I we were we yeah did. we were just having all those moments like, oh, oh my god yeah. oh I can't believe you made that jump or oh it was so close or yeah. it yeah that feeding off of each other while playing was a, a huge uh boost to that game i would say get cluster truck get a friend (laughs) get a life (laughs) well yeah i think we can we can just bounce to another game that we played uh right after that we played some uh strikey sisters on the nintendo switch and this is from uh dya games and i only mentioned them because they have i think they have four games that are on the switch they might be available on other platforms but i kind of want to say only the switch uh but i've played the demo for their game bot vice 
And then they have another game called Superstar Path that I own. And both those games are a ton of fun. They're like uh, 16-bit. They have a little extra like voice acting in them that's a little hammy like we've talked about with other games. Like it's I feel like they know it's like leaning into the camp a little bit. Like it's a little over the top. It's a little bad, but a little good at the same time. Like some (laughs) of the anyways but uh but strikey sisters <laughs> is the game we've been playing and then they have another game called viviette which seems like it's more of like a like a story driven kind of thing but these other three games bot vice uh superstar path and then the game we were playing uh, the other night strikey sisters all have like a just super 16-bit arcade retro aesthetic and and vibe and this this game strikey sisters is basically a breakout clone mm. you play as these two sisters that uh Basically, you're just swiping at balls or obviously you can play a single player as well, but you're just swiping at the balls. You're breaking all the bricks. And then there are enemies on the field as well that you have to kill all the enemies once you've broken all the bricks. And sometimes the enemies will like wander low enough in the screen. You aren't able to move like forward. You're kind of stuck at the bottom of the screen, just like with you're controlling a paddle and a breakout game, but you're controlling a character. But uh, you are able to kind of like swing your sword or staff or whatever it is. And uh, and hit the enemies and take them out or you can hit them with the balls. And there's all kinds of different power ups like fireball power up that will like plow through or the iron ball that will like plow right through all like it won't bounce off the bricks. It'll just break them. Um, And I think we hit like a couple small snags where like there's one brick left and it was like kind of difficult to hit like that last final brick, like a little bit tedious, I guess. But (laughs) but other than that, I mean, I, I and again, I think. I, I while we were playing it, I haven't played any single player, but I was thinking like this might be even more tedious playing this single player. And I know that you have played just a tiny bit, Randall. Did yeah. you play with Tina at all? Or did you play single player? No, we didn't get a, a chance to. I, I just played single player. And yeah, that was kind of my experiences. Uh, yeah, I, I felt immediately felt like, oh, I think this would be better as a as a co-op, uh, a two player yeah. experience. And then uh, even in the one level I played, I'm like, I, I, I think I got all the all the like pieces of wall why am i not completing this level i'm not exactly sure maybe i missed one had you killed all the enemies do you know because i know you do have to do both yeah maybe i didn't yeah but there were there was a time or two you like i said there were dj and i were like oh there's like a brick behind one of like the walls that you can't break and they're kind of hard to see sometimes yeah but i appreciated like it seems like every level we've played and we played a decent amount of levels like probably like 10 or 12 levels and it seemed like we were about a third of the way through the game um but like the boss battles were really fun and really difficult like the last one we were playing which was actually against the main character in the game bot vice um which was kind of cool that was like a nice tie-in i only again recognize it from the demo but like it's just i don't know i it's like a really vibrant game and it's really uh again i I do think a hundred percent that you're right randall like that co-op experience was definitely getting us but we kept i feel like it was another game that we were like let's play one more level actually let's just clear out this section of levels actually let's clear out this part of the map (laughs) and like next thing you knew we played like 10 or 15 levels so that's cool i i just really appreciate and again i have played that superstar path game before and it's really fun it's kind of like a puzzle top-down vertical shmup like a really slow pace where you're like shoot it's like a match three shooter but then at the end of each level you actually have a boss battle that's pretty tough like it feels like a bullet hell shmup a little bit more casual but it's difficult so i these guys make some really solid games yeah yeah and and bot vice plays a little more like uh like wild guns or something like that where you're kind of like it's like a gallery shooter a little bit um but it is unfortunately only single player on that one as as is superstar path but uh 
But Strikey Sisters, again, I the I don't know. The multiplayer is clutch. The multiplayer is fantastic. And it's another game that we got it on sale for five bucks. But again, standard price, it's 10 bucks. And if you're looking for like, hey, I'm just looking for a fun evening. To me, again, I would pay like me, DJ, if you and I went to go see a movie, we'd pay 15 bucks each. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like right. if we can pay 10 bucks and have a fun evening playing a video game. Even if it's just one night, that's worth it to me. I, I really think it's a really cool game, and I'm excited to plow through some more of the campaign and hopefully really finish liked, it up. Yeah, I really liked how it could get hectic because uh, if either of us were to let uh, a ball through, we both lose health. So yeah. there's like a lot of pressure. Like until when, the last hit, it wouldn't like if you lost your ball and I only had one hit left. I don't think I would die from that. But I could be wrong. You but could anyways. be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just like it it makes things super uh like made things anxious for me like if our balls got close together and then they went away it's like okay who's going for which one yeah like which one's which because we would kind of for the most part okay you stick to the right i'll stick to the left without even really saying it yeah but then like yeah when the the balls balls are kind of cross and yeah yeah, there's no like oh you're the red and i'm the blue it's like they're just like kind of a purpley glowing orb or whatever um, but yeah, just a just a really solid, polished game, I think. And I, to, again, I, I kind of am a sucker for that little bit of campy voice acting. Like <laughs> yeah. we fought that one boss that was like that mole or whatever. And I just remember him having like a really funny voice, like a really <laughs> deep, like kind of out of place. But I I don't know. And like in particular, like I I was playing as I think the main character or at least the character that appears first on the screen. But I, like DJ's character, I felt had a way better voice actor. Mine was like a little stiff. It's just those really like kind of deliberately delivered voice lines, but good music. I appreciate all the different visual design. I think I might already mention that, but every level felt like a totally different setting. Yeah. Uh, even nice. if it is just kind of palette swaps, but it seemed like there was like new enemies on almost every level and like wow. just cool stuff. I'm, maybe that doesn't carry all the way through the entire campaign, but there was a, quite a bit of variety for a seemingly kind of budget indie game package. So I need to play more of that uh, sucker. Yeah, I wish it had online because I would love to play that with you, Randy. Oh, yeah, that'd but, uh, be fun. Yeah. Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I think we got uh, one more game to talk about. And we kind of teased it already or t- I actually talked about it. Already, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're going to talk a little more Slay the Spire. Uh, I don't know about everybody else. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I just can't put this game down. I woke up at like three in the morning last night. I couldn't sleep. I'll just play a Slay the Spider yeah. run. And uh, I'm, I'm digging deeper. And I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm, I'm almost exclusively, though, playing as the silent. OK, uh, which is one of the three characters. I really am not a huge fan of playing as the ironclad. Yeah. Um, and I have only played with that orb character one time and I will never again. Probably. <laughs> um, but there there that's not that's not true. I'll probably check it out. But I, I really want to beat it with the silent. But uh, sure. I, I don't I don't really know what more I want to add other than like I don't know what it is about this game like I, I am a little annoyed like I actually don't like that fact I think we talked about it last week I don't like how like you have to earn the points to unlock new cards to add to your deck because I, I do think that's just like a lot of roguelike games just add that into like force a slower progression into the game like oh you need to and I know Randall you obviously didn't have this problem because you were able to just beat this beat game that sucker twice uh, yeah, and I'm I still have yet to beat it, and uh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I guess I, you know, the the ironclad. My problem with the ironclad is like I feel like it's a little too attack heavy, 
uh, the deck itself. Like I, I tend to find myself in most circumstances, like not having enough defense cards to to play. Um, you can, you do I, I have a, a lot of run powerful with ironclad with uh, kind of a block focused. Uh, I didn't win. So I guess for what that's worth, um, take that for a grain of salt. But uh, I made a pretty block heavy strategy where I was just picking up cards that added to my block or uh, what is it? The dexterity is that the block. I think um, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there would be certain cards that'd be like, for the amount of uh, points that you have in your block, uh, you can uh, like apply that to damage if they hit you or whatever. Like, okay. I kind of built. Maybe on I just that. haven't unlocked. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just kind of built on that to like make sure I never took damage, and yeah, that made my battles last longer with Ironclad. But then I would just like from a defensive like stance. Uh, try and deal damage slowly and just kind of stay alive as long as I could. That was definitely one of my runs. But that being said, huh. that wasn't my successful run. My successful Ironclad run was using strength and just building the crap out of that over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, like, the the way things can build up exponentially or at least just kind of multiply them up oh, yeah. upon themselves. Like, that can really... Like, I did have... I got an ability towards the end of the last run I did with the Ironclad that allowed me to carry my block over for yeah. each turn mm-hmm. uh, if I was able to play that power card in my hand. So, like... Yep. So, yeah, okay, I have 15 block. The enemies only do 10 damage, so I get to start my next turn with 5 block. And right. that was like, okay... I feel like I have potential, but again, I feel like that that added mechanic of like, oh, you have to kind of grind and unlock these extra cards that are clearly more powerful or you're unlocking more relics that are more powerful um, as you progress through the game and unlock these like which, you know, to be fair, there's only like I think five tiers per character of unlockables that add like either three or five new cards to the pool or uh, a few new relics, but right, uh, which are like your buffs or whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, uh, I, yeah, the other characters really aren't doing it for me, but I'm loving playing with the silent. Like I love like either stacking your poison or stacking yeah. the defense or sta- I feel like you just in my experience, I've had more options when I play with the silent. Like I can kind of like we were talking about during SteamWorld Quest, like you can kind of go with the flow of like, oh, I'm kind of they're kind of throwing poison cards my way with what I'm able to choose from. So, you know what? I'm going to get like the poison powers or I'm oh, going to yeah. spend my money at the shop and and get some of these things to accentuate those cards I'm getting. Yep. Um, And I really like that. And I've at least so far, I've felt like with the other characters, I've not been able to uh, to manage it as as or I've not been able to go with the flow as much. What's been your kind sense. of strategy you've been gravitating to the most with the silent? It kind of depends. I mean, I, again, I guess it does. Kind it definitely depends on on what I'm being dealt out in Very the cards. Fair. But I, yeah, I definitely, I, I, I guess, yeah. Each run, I just kind of go with like if they seem like they're giving me more defense cards, I'm just gonna bulk up on that. Or yep. if they seem like they're whatever, it seems like I can kind of bulk up and and make stupidly powerful yes. <laughs> i kind of go that ro- that that's route. a smart maybe way that's, of doing it in my okay experience. well i was just gonna say maybe that's not the right way no. but if that's how you've been conquering the game maybe <laughs> that's the way to go but I, I did hear too it's worth mentioning i think on on pc only at least for now but uh the beta version of the game also has a new character that they've added Sweet. um which i forget what the mechanics are or what the name of the character even is but i'm assuming or at least hoping that that'll come whether it's a paid dlc or or just a free update um, and being that this was a game that was in early access for a really long time and a roguelike title, I w- would not be shocked if it was a, a free addition to the game. And 
it definitely again it's not like each character is its own game in and of itself but i mean kind you of. do have independent cards that are specific to each character's deck that you yeah. can't get otherwise i mean it it definitely forces you to think about the game differently it's i guess it doesn't change the game but you have to think about the game differently right and um, i mean certainly the the orb based character i can't remember his name off the top of my head either but he plays extremely differently than than the other ones yeah do. yeah totally differently to the point where like yeah if i am to play with that character in the future it will be probably after i've like completed a run with maybe both other characters or at least the silent just to like okay i've kind of conquered or accomplished what i wanted to accomplish now let me experiment i guess the defect is his name and i will be beating the game (laughs) with the defect it's gonna happen okay yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I, I'm just going to keep playing more of this game until I finish it. And honestly, possibly beyond that, because um, yep. uh, are, are you still playing now that you've you've beaten a few runs, Randall? Or do you find yourself bouncing off like where you focusing more on SteamWorld Quest this week or? Yeah, I've been focusing on other games for yeah. this this here old podcast. But in my heart of hearts, I could definitely go back and just keep playing more Slay the Spire and be happy. Honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. it's because so I'm always. There's so few of those roguelike games that like after I'm able to beat them that I want to keep playing them. Yeah. Um, so I, that's always really interesting to me. And I, I think this could definitely be one of them. So. Yeah, I definitely didn't lose the drive after I saw the credits. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and especially because there's like I said before, there's the ascension mode. Um, it seems like there's more X to play through uh, even after you've, quote unquote, beat the game. Uh, three right. characters about to be four. So. Yeah, and even if that fourth is paid DLC, I will be grabbing it. I feel that for sure about this game. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm same boat. A lot there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're obviously not breaking any news here, telling you that Slay the Spire is a good game, but uh, yeah, we're hooked. So heck yeah. Um, but I think we can uh, wrap up the video game talk this week and uh, call it an evening. And uh, yeah, you guys good? Oh yeah, we good. Nice. I'm great. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you're looking for us on the internet, we can find us, or you can find us at pursuingpixels.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, pursuingpixels at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line, do it, and uh, let us know about some game that we're maybe uh, overlooking because we're playing too much Slay the Spire. And uh, yeah, happy New Year to everybody. And uh, yeah, have a good night. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Take Bye. care. Happy New Year. The good times are never going to end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just All ignore right. everything happening in the background. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> this is pursuing politics. This yeah, is, yeah we're going to get into it. Yeah. No more games. It's a hard no shift. No more fun. No more games. We're talking games politics. This isn't a game. <laughs> Taking a hard look at the Clinton years. <laughs> Dude, my, my favorite uh, Twitter account to follow is that uh no context gaming <laughs> oh in the clinton God. years or whatever it's called do you follow that randall i don't think i do it's no, some guy who at, used to like make reviews in the 90s video reviews that are like there's and it's just somebody taking like a really cringy clip out of it where he's just They're like and it'll, and it'll all be him it's usually him talking about like a terrible game I and just, he's like oh and the controls are <laughs> just butter they're just like and it's like he's playing like a bug's life on ps1 (laughs) (laughs) just like dude i played that game it is not good
But it's <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It's one of the best. And they're all, every clip is like 10 seconds or something. 15. Yeah, here's, <laughs> a, here's a good five second clip. Bugsy offers jokes, voices, flying, and swimming. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> and that's about Bubsy, Bubsy. If you if you missed that, Croc really gave us Super Mario sixty four a run for its money. <laughs>